Hi everyone, and welcome to the Silvatis podcast. So on today's podcast, I have two very special people joining me. I've got Paul Perez and John Peace, who are both teachers and serve as the education and youth liaisons on the LGBTQ plus committee. So by no surprise, what we're going to be talking about today is Gibraltar Pride, and that's Pride with a capital P. So thank you, John, and thank you, Paul, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Now. The way um, we've never met um, John, which I think is really special because we'll be able to sort of connect on, on this on this on this topic. But Paul and I have been friends for over 20 years. And so because of that, John will literally have to keep the peace between us because we will bicker. So <laughs> <Try> my best. <laughs> sit back and get some popcorn. So you both serve as liaisons on the LGBTQ committee. Now, this isn't something that I even knew existed until very recently. Is that something that you find that's quite common with people in Gibraltar? Do they know about you? John? Um, yeah, I think we, we are growing in um, notoriety and um, it's, I think there's a lot more people that are aware of us. Obviously last year we had our first Pride event, which was, a huge success and I, I, I say that without sounding too egotistical it, it genuinely was a, a huge success and um, I think people are really realizing that we we are there um, but yeah now and again you know you realize that the people are not aware of it so we've got we are growing and we are developing and yeah but it's, it's growing. That's fantastic and like you mentioned John you know you had your first ever pride in Gibraltar Paul, what was that like for you, having experienced um, Yeah, it was really, really lovely. It's the first time that I could see um, the community, the local community really band together. There have been attempts to do prides in the past, but nothing on the scale that was done by the committee that I now form part of. Um, it was fantastic. There was a lot of inclusivity. Um, there was a lot of awareness. There was a mix of, well, a diverse um, audience and everyone from young children enjoying the spectacle that was going on stage. Um, we had older generations joining in just to see what it was all about. And um, generally speaking, it was just really joyful. It was a day to celebrate. And I really love that you said that it's a day to celebrate because that's that's what pride means to so many people. It's a celebration. And so I wonder what people can expect now. So this is the second year you'll be running it or hosting it on the 24th. I wonder what people can expect from this year, John. Before I answer the question, I, just, I want to also reinforce what Paul also said. You know, this is our, um, as a committee, this is our uh, going to be our second pride, but there, there have been events pri uh, prior to us um but yes yeah, this this year um what can people expect um slightly bigger slightly better um we're going to have um the same structure as last year it's, it's quite a traditional pride in that sense so we have um we start very early in the morning um we have we're really very keen to make sure that it's a community event 
and it's an event that's open to all ages and to all backgrounds and all identities. So uh, in the morning, we've got um, a lot of charity stalls from Gibraltar. We've got different government agencies as well um, there to provide information and services um, and just to take part in the, in the wonderful atmosphere. Um, and following on from that at I think it's, boy, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's at 12.30. We're going to have some speeches from key speakers in Gibraltar, which will hopefully include the chief minister, uh, which is the same as last year, and from all the different opposition parties, um, the minister for equality, the Lord, the new Lord Mayor, um, who is uh, brand new. It'll be, I think it'll be her first speech of the year. And um, and then after that, we have the, the usual parade, which goes down Main Street, which which is is going to be amazing. I don't want to say too much because I think people need to come along and see what we've got in store because there is a surprise. So why is it important to have pride? Paul? I think that the main purpose of pride is to really draw awareness to a subgroup in society that's been ignored and kind of discriminated against for so many years. We've been persecuted. We've been through so much as a community. And I think that more and more with the, obviously, with the luck that we have there having social media, which does bring negative, but it also has bring a lot of positive. We've been able to come together and bond and kind of say, we won't stand for this anymore. And we've had to really join forces and kind of fight for many of the rights that now we kind of see as, well, we just hold us for granted, really. Um, I think it's also a reminder of where we came from and where we're going. It's kind of like to take stock. It's a moment to stop, reflect on the past and hope for the future and enjoy that moment as well. And I think that's one of the most important things about Pride. Pride is not just a one day event where we all get very merry and we have a massive party. It's still got the protest inside aspect to it. It's got the march, which we will be going straight down our main street, uh, which is obviously the local high street here. Um, and we're gonna kind of bring awareness to everything that we, we seem to have to hide part of the time. Like throughout the year, we seem that we have to kind of almost dampen our, our light, our spirit, seeing as it's such a small community. Sometimes we're at risk of discrimination in public or anything like that. And it's kind of like saying this is our moment and we're allowed to enjoy it and bask in that light. That's really beautiful. And I saw you just nodding along there, John. I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. Yeah, uh, I think, um, like Paul said, um, sometimes we can take for granted that um, even in somewhere like Gibraltar, where we were a little bit behind in terms of law and le legislation, we can take it for granted that, you know, we do have a lot of the, the liberties and laws protecting us. But um, in reality, um, it's not always followed by um, society. And, and there are also a lot of instances in our daily lives where we we are discriminated against we do face prejudice even if it's low level um and i think it's really important that we we have a day where we can we can go out and just be ourselves be surrounded by our tribe 
and and show the rest of the community that we we are demystified. We we are not um, what some members of the community think we are. Um, that we are we are just part of the community and we um, we are here to stay. Um, so I think it's re a really good chance just to to celebrate um, the you know our, the strength of our community um, and to, and also you know on a personal level I know that a lot of people pride is is the one day of the year where they really do let loose and they they express themselves um, and I think that's really important to to do at least once a year if not more. <laughs> And what an important message to sort of convey to, to younger people and older people as well, but just to those future generations who, I suppose, when we grew up, Paul, in Jib, like, we didn't have anything like that. We weren't given opportunities to showcase people like us and, 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 and like, you know, just really big displays of that um, and how important that could be for the next generation and the generation after. Absolutely. We never had those opportunities. We never had that um, that visual representation of our community in any way. Um, we may have had one or two members of the older generation which had to fight for our rights, for well, to decriminalize our existence in a way. Um, and I think that the younger generation is seeing a more normalized aspect of it, thanks to uh, things such as social media, as I've mentioned already, or even just films, um, series on TV, um, literature, everything's changing and we're, we're being accepted left, right and center. And it's kind of a moment to kind of say, no longer will we stand to be discriminated or even humored or just generally just poked fun of. Um, we're no longer the laughing stock. We are a respectable community, which has developed, we've got a lot of the same um, same sort of uh, characteristics as normal cisgendered heterosexual um, persons out there. And we're allowed to give back to our community and give back to the wider community of Gibraltar as well. And I think that that's something that they're really enjoying. They're starting to realize that freedom exists, that those barriers have come down and they still are coming down. Obviously, we've got a long way to go especially locally but it's great not to feel that generalized fear of uh, almost retribution from um those who might challenge us or decide that we should not exist in the lifestyle that we are born to live in it's quite interesting sometimes it is and these aren't necessarily always conversations that other people get to have or are having. So I really love that we're able to do this and just put it out there for people to listen to quite literally. You both hit on like legislation and things like that. I wonder if either of you could talk me through where sort of Gibraltar's at in terms of sort of um, legislation, in terms of rights, in terms of what's, what's the history in Gibraltar been like up to now? So we're quite lucky that recently um, we've been taking on a little bit of a side project where we're trying to record the history that we're missing. Um, we have a local history in Gibraltar of gay rights and activists and decriminalization and laws that have passed to kind of allow us to finally exist. And we've been putting it together and we're currently still in the process. But 
I can say that this year marks the 30th anniversary of decriminalization for homosexuality in Gibraltar, um, which is quite a large feat. For such a small community, we were still very much behind and we're still striving to get ahead. Um, obviously that was in 1993. In 2013, um, the Equals Opportunity Act uh, passed and that basically bans any form of discrimination on sexual orientation, uh, especially with employ within employment. And in 2014, we were allowed to, well, we Gibraltar passed the law after a small referendum um, for Civil Partnership Amendment Act, where basically we were now allowed to register as civil partners and we could actually go through that process. Um, later on, a few years later, um, the Civil Marriage Act was amended as well. And that allowed us to have same-sex marriage legally. And it was quite a landmark moment because within um, ex-British colonies and the wider um, British community, Commonwealth, as we'd say, um, we are a minority still. There's many places within the Commonwealth that still haven't legalized these aspects. It's still criminal to even exist as a homosexual or part of the LGBTQ plus. And it's something that we're developing. Obviously, we still have a long way to go. We're still looking to have the amendment placed in so that we can have gender, um, gender change on official documentation. That's one which we are trying to look into recently. And we also have um, other services that we're looking for, not just legal aspects, but we are looking to promote our local trans uh, groups which exist. And we've only just recently started to promote aspects of the trans um, medical area in our health service, which is fantastic. We do have a large community of trans persons and they're now becoming quite vocal. Um, I think that they, they're quite brave and they're changing the culture in quite a large and fast pace. And this is something that we needed. Like we have so many things that have been happening in the last 30 years and we should be celebrating that. And that's why, especially this year, um, the theme of Pride has been quite important. So it's, um, we're not looking for acceptance. Uh, we're looking for, actually, I'll let John say it because I've just uh, <laughs> gone blank for a moment. <laughs> yeah. The, the theme for this year that we we are really trying to push is acceptance, not tolerance, because the language in the past has been um, that we should tolerate uh, each other's differences. But the connotation of that is um, that, uh, OK, I, I, I understand that you're gay or you're trans and I'll tolerate that. I'll let it happen. I'll, I'll, I'll let you exist. But what, what we're trying to promote now is is a society that is a lot more air, uh, empathic and and um, tries to understand what it's like to be uh, a gay person, a trans person, an LGBTQ plus person. Um, so that is our is our theme. I love that. And yeah. I wonder, John, then, how does Gibraltar compare to other countries like the UK, for example, um, in terms of, 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 you know, development and culture and tolerance and acceptance? How, do, how does it compare? Um, well, I'm actually from, from the UK originally. Um, I've been in Gibraltar for, for nine years. 
Um, so I, I guess I have got um, an insight into how it's, it is different. I, ca I came to Gibraltar nine years ago. Um, you, you could, at that point, you could feel the difference. Um, I, I came to Gibraltar very open. I was very confident and I would just say to people, I'm, I'm gay, I've got a husband. Um, and I could see on people's faces, they, they were not used to someone just openly saying it with such um, boldness. And I think that's a big difference because in the UK, I think generally, um, it's, it's generally, um, it's quite normal to just be quite open about your sexuality. Uh, I think um, Gibraltar in the last nine years has, the, t the time that I've been here, it's changed quite a lot. I can see people's attitudes are changing. People are just becoming, like I've just said, they're, they're more accepting and they're more willing to try and um, ask questions and find out um, about um, LGBTQ issues, plus issues. Um, but I and I, I just do think there, you know, maybe there is there's that little bit of a, a resistance. The problem with Gibraltar is not not the problem, but the nature of Gibraltar is it's a very small place. I know Paul will agree. It's um, what what you do is very quickly known before you've done it, um, or so whatever you've said, people know. So um, it's a small community. So one person's voice is is heard very quickly, and so if if you've got a very small group who um, are not accepting, then it can actually have quite a, a big impact. So I think that, that makes Gibraltar quite a, a specific kind of place. Yeah. I suppose, Paul, having grown up in Gibraltar, you're a Gibraltarian, you're Janita through and through. What kind of changes have you seen over the course since, since well, since your life, I suppose? That makes you sound very old, you're not, I promise. Well, um, I'm quite I'm quite proud to be in my 30s. Um, I am quite uh, lucky to have been born within this time period in which the change has happened. I mean, I was quite young when it was uh, homosexuality was uh, decriminalized. But um, growing up locally, um, myself and many people that I know locally as well from the LGBTQ plus community, uh, did unfortunately live through those violent uh, encounters with people on the street. Um, the brutality of their homophobic slurs and bullying within education um, or just generally in public. Um, actually, people seem to have acknowledged that I was LGBTQ plus well before I even knew myself. So that unfortunately was one of those things. And as time's gone by, Obviously, having left Gibraltar and come back several times, I have noticed this fast rate of change that's come upon Gibraltar. And it's down to education and the fact that people have gone out and educated themselves. And if they haven't, it's because of um, educators like John himself, which I have to give it to him because obviously I'm quite early on in my career. And John has been teaching in Gibraltar for a lot longer than I have and not saying that you're old by the way um, <laughs> but having said that like I can remember walking around the streets before I even became an educator and um, hearing about his name and being told oh he's really open about having this discussion with younger people like in a very positive manner and in a very um, careful way in which he wasn't promoting it he wasn't pushing this on anyone he was merely explaining 
another point of view, the other, as is many times uh, quoted. And in many ways, LGBTQ plus people have in Gibraltar, at least locally, have always been seen as the other. They've been ostracized and now they're being celebrated. And if you see the youth of Gibraltar, you'll notice that they're more individualistic, they're more independent, they're now celebrating each other's differences. It makes them special. It makes them um, something of curiosity where other people want to get to know each other because of that. Um, it's quite impressive. It's something that I wish I would have grown up in, but I do value the fact that I've been able to observe it. And I think there's something beautiful about that. Obviously, um, there have been many people that have been involved in this and many organizations such as the youth service has been one of them um, that have really accepted and promoted our existence rather than deny us and kind of vilify us. They've celebrated us within their services always. And there's many other organizations like this that are still doing hard work today. And that's what we need more of around the world, really, not just locally. I agree with you, Paul. I, I think um, you, what you see in Gibraltar now is, is it, all organizations are embracing and, and accepting um, LGBTQ plus people and, and issues. And um, that comes from government. So I think there's a lot of go uh, government depart departments, not just the Department of Equality, but across the board, they're, they're all embracing this. Um, that is possibly thanks to the political party that's been in power for, for a while. Um, but I also think it's just a cultural shift. And I think there's a, a lot of companies as well uh, because of the influence of, of Britain and of Europe and a lot of um, legislation of, I would say, America, but perhaps don't want to talk about that too much. Maybe that's another podcast. Another podcast, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it comes from from companies wanting to embrace it as well. And in our, uh, our organization for, for Pride, we, we get a lot of interest from, from local companies, so yeah. And that's huge. Because... I'd like to add something, if Go that's ahead. okay. I'd like to add something really, really quickly, which I think John touched upon, which was these large conglomerate companies that have decided to base themselves in Gibraltar or open up offices in Gibraltar, they hire an international staff and those internationals that have come over have also changed the culture in terms of they bring their lifestyle with them. They, they don't expect to kind of ask for acceptance because they're used to it. In some of their countries, they come from countries where it's very much accepted and celebrated as well. And then there are those who come from countries where it's completely vilified. So they've come to this one tiny little place at the bottom of Spain, obviously, and they've decided, you know what, this is the right place for me to express who I am and celebrate who I am regardless. And that changed the local culture as well. I think with the introduction of so many internationals and so many transitory people as well, visitors and tourists, the culture was almost pushed towards it. And I think that was the luckiest moment we could have had. Um, as a local, I feel in debt to the international community that came in and kind of decided you know what I don't care what the laws are locally I want to live my authentic life and I think that's something that we have to give thanks to all these international companies that really brought it through and obviously the local companies because there's always been a good amount that have really pushed it forward and tried to promote it and you know protect the LGBTQ plus yeah absolutely and 
One thing you said earlier, Paul, was, you know, the youth nowadays tend to celebrate each other's differences. And I, rem I remember growing up, you know, we went to the same schools, different years, we were, we were all in the same school. And how, how bullied some of us were for those differences, you know, whether it was the, the color of your skin or the way you moved or how masculine or effeminate you are, were, you know, I, I, I so appreciate that shift now to that celebration rather than that persecution of differences. And I think that's a huge shift that we're seeing, I think not just in Gibraltar, but everywhere as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like we, you'll always have a certain group in, community, in the community or in society that will have to struggle at first in order to be fully accepted. And I believe that obviously we were the last of a generation that had to struggle through that. And now looking at, let's say, educational establishments, they're so accepting. And it's not that they're promoting the lifestyle. It's that they're accepting it and allowing it to be visualized, like to be to have a visual representation. At the same time, we also have a lot more role models nowadays, which helps. Um, as I said, internationally, we see a lot of these role models that these young people who have grown up and feel like they are or are fully accepting of their own selves um, and they are LGBTQ plus or not even, they now look at that and say, this is normal. It's all been so easily normalized over time. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I'm finding that there's a, lot, there's a lot more people, I don't know if you both agree, a lot more people are starting to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm fed up with having to label people you know we don't we shouldn't have to label people anymore we are fully accept people are saying you know we accept and we just um accept who people are and um there's kind of almost i i think around the corner there's a kind of um rejection of needing something like pride i hope we never get rid of pride obviously but but um you know people are starting to say you know we are who we are and ho i'm hoping that we get to a point in our development as a society that it generally is genuinely is the case that we can just be who we are yeah and i love that you said you know sort of this, this normalization of of appearances or behavior from even people who aren't affiliated with the lgbtq plus i always get that wrong so i'm so glad i'm going to keep that in um community <laughs> whereby you have people like Harry styles wearing dresses on the cover of magazines you have bad bunny you know these huge role models displaying very different not traditional masculine behavior. And I will stand on this hill when I was 16 and trying to wear, not trying, I was wearing nail polish. I got brutalized mm. for it. And now like everyone's wearing nail polish. Like I was just trying to copy AJ from the Backstreet Boys, but um, I will stand on that hill. It didn't suit you though. <laughs> Sorry. Or well, we celebrate our differences. So you're not listening within reason <laughs> no, I'm sorry i had to <laughs> i've been bullied by paul for 20 years this is very mild um I've loved. I've loved. <laughs> i wonder john then what changes as an as the committee are you sort of working towards or actively looking to sort of move towards in the future um we, I mean, like Paul mentioned earlier, that you know, there's there are some um, legis there are some legislation and law that we we would like to to start to 
push forward, specifically in relation to um, trans rights and um, to gender and identity of gender. So there, there, there is that um, struggle to, to go through. Um, what we're trying to focus on at the moment is, and it's our kind of mantra, is, is education. Um, and, and also just facilitating uh, more activities and groups for, for the LGBTQ plus community, but also beyond. So we want to be able to um, um, welcome uh, every member of our community to, to become educated or to be, be part of um, a particular group. So at the moment we are, we are putting together um, a number of um, interest groups. So we've got uh, a book club, uh, which we run, which is an LGBTQ book club, which is which is always fun. It's always good. Not we don't always talk about books, but <laughs> we, we get onto that eventually. Um, I very much hope Red, White, and Royal Blue is on your list. Oh yes, it's been read. that has been. It read. has already been read <laughs> with varying reviews, <laughs> and soon to be a movie as well. Just so you know. Oh yes, yeah, yep. Yeah, and actually, many of the books that we do read within the book club are now being published as we've published our own reviews, and we've placed that on our own website as well, so that other people, be it locally in Gibraltar or internationally, can actually look at, see our sort of like our recommendations, and see if they like it, and maybe they want to educate themselves. They don't actually have to be LGBTQ plus. Um, it could be anyone. Literature shouldn't have a specific gender or a specific sort of angle towards oh you're you're gay this will be perfect for you it should just be about the joy of reading and the yeah. joy of understanding others around you and their stories that always have whimsical or amazing sort of morals and ethics that come through it no, but I, I think it's really important that that we that, you know um, we empower people to to just to to start these kind of these little um, offshoot groups. So it's it's about um, just providing opportunities for people to to get together. So I mean, a book club and a, a trans forum, or a, a, I know Paul, you've been working very much with the the youth centre and giving them um, a forum for for gathering together, whether it's LGBTQ plus youth or or just trying to um get the whole of you the youth center together and be educated um you know there's a lot of scope for us to to do more i'm aware i'm a workaholic i'm a workhorse what can i say <laughs> <laughs> and i suppose what i'm hearing is that you know you're actively creating these safe spaces for people and i think yeah. we didn't always have that growing up and how important that is, you know, not for just for younger people, but for older people as well, to have those spaces where they can be authentic, where they can be themselves, where yeah. they can express whatever they, whatever it is that they'd like to without fear of judgment or anything else. And yeah, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the word fear then, because I, th I think there's still um, a lot of fear for people to stand up and, and to, to be seen to organise these things. Um, and I, maybe because I, I came from the UK and I, I was I was at a certain point in my life, I'm not old, but at a certain point in my life where I was just like, well, I'm going to do it and I don't care what anyone thinks. Um, but uh, yeah, but one, one thing that we really need um, is, is a space, uh, a, an actual space assigned by the government to, for, for, the, for LGBTQ plus 
for the committee and for the community to to organize events and to hold events you know we, we do our book club meeting in a in a coffee shop which is very nice um we do our trans meeting at the in a bar which is very nice but we we need um a, a space uh, we've got a lot of merchandise that we're starting to gather um we want to be able to do a lot more i know paul will agree he, we, do, we want to do a lot more meetings a lot more education we're getting companies approaching us and saying can you provide some education can you do a talk on um, and if we had a, a, a space for this we could also display artwork we could do competitions i mean we, this is what we need if the government absolutely, absolutely. and i know that the local committee that we've uh, well that has been created and formed um we've got so many talented and skilled people that have such strong views and such great skill sets that they're looking to develop many different services within uh, Gibraltar and with that location if we were to be given some form of location where we can host these activities um, I think you'd see a very evolved Gibraltar I think we would be seeing a lot more progress and I think that in future once we have that location it's going to become a hub for not just local LGBTQ plus uh, citizens and the community in general, but even internationally, I feel like we are able to showcase that we can do a lot more and that we want to connect with other international groups and we want to be able to share ideas and share how we organize and how they may organize and then just grow like globally, really, and just make this an initiative that isn't just a one-time thing because we were striving for uh, to be visual and accepted. It's it's about being heard, being seen, being represented in the right way. And there's a lot still to do, but the committee that I've been fortunate only a few months ago to join um, have the skill set to do that. And they're going to change a lot of the local society, like it or not. <laughs> Fight the power. <laughs> and I suppose from a personal note, what I want to learn from, you know, the space that you want to create from this committee that you've curated is the local history, because I don't know, you know, anything about local history in Gibraltar when it comes to sort of the LGBTQ community. We know all about Stonewall and things like that and, you know, events in the UK, but I don't know who the historical figures in Gibraltar were who the instrumental figures in Gibraltar were, for example. Yeah, I, I, that's I really agree. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. Um, I think that locally we have to remember that we've had a very diverse group of people that came or formed part in some way or form uh, from the LGBTQ plus community. And they had an effect locally. And some people may not realize the level or the magnitude of effect that they had like um we've had fashion designers that have come through uh, that have actually stepped onto the global stage that were from our community we've had um politicians recently that have exposed a a bias and almost like an unconscious unknown aspect when they're finally um finally presented with a trans person who ran for uh, part of the elections um We've had activists which owned uh, bars that were completely, in any other case, would have been criminal to even open that bar. 
and yet they allow the safe space in these small enclaves that have been in such a small place, obviously. These small enclaves of support and um, almost like hidden rebellion were always going on. And it's just something that we're now discovering. And we're hoping that by the end of summer, we'll be able to start publishing aspects of our history on our blog, on the website as well, and on our social media, just to really showcase. We've not just popped up out of the shadows. We've always been here. And it's time to like bring ourselves out. It's time to showcase that we've actually done more for the local community than they've realized. And where, as we've obviously said, it's not about, um, oh, we, we're okay with the gays or the LGBT in general. It's, we deserve your respect because we've suffered too. And all these global events that have happened um, throughout gay history, let's call it, um, it's affected Jib as well. The, the AIDS pandemics in the 80s, that did hit Jib. And um, we can go on and on. And there's no yeah. down on paper moment where it's like, where was that? No one mentions it. It's but never, luckily, it's never been recorded, has it? There's, there's yeah. not been a space or a forum to record people's experiences. And we're quite lucky because um, we've got uh, the Gibraltar National Archives and they've opened their doors quite nicely to us and said, anything you want to research, just come down. We've got so much history and they've been quite helpful in letting us into some of these um stories that they've got documented but we just need to follow those up and check like with family members or friends uh even the news where just to verify were these people part of the community were they an activist or an ally uh, that's another thing obviously within the lgbtq plus we have to always remember we've got allies and those are some of the best supporters we've ever had. Locally, we've got some very strong allies that have stood up against the system and said, this is unacceptable and I refuse to accept your view on this community. I'm thinking of something you both were talking about earlier, which is language. And I suppose, John, I'm gonna ask you, how do you feel about sort of reclaiming some of the language that were once derogatory, like queer? How do you feel about sort of some of that language now being reclaimed by people as a positive thing? Um, see it much? Um, I, I, I don't personally hear it that much. Um, I am a man in my forties. Um, I, I find it's quite a quite a recent thing to to refer to to um, part of the community as queer. I totally understand why, why it's being reclaimed. Um, I guess I, I support it. In fact, funnily enough, um, I was teaching, I think it was today, and um, I was, we were reading a play from the early 1900s, and it, there's a use of the word queer. And um, I have to stop and explain because to, to them, it, it also means something different. And to them, it, I think it still means something negative but then they've heard it in the positive recently and then within the early 1900s it meant something completely different as well so it's just interesting how language does change i think that's quite normal um to reclaim just as the word gay was was reclaimed as well so i think it's a positive thing i think we all lived through the early 2000s when gay meant 
a very different thing in in media as well. Um, so I'm glad some of those shifts have happened. A lot of the themes that you've both been talking about sort of center around sort of acceptance and and being represented in a way. And I wonder what representation means to both of you and I suppose to Gibraltar moving forward. John? Um, yeah, for, for me, representation, I guess, is um, about having having a voice so you know our community having a voice in in significant and uh, influential uh, positions so whether that's as simply having a committee in in Gibraltar or whether it's having a representation in a political party making sure that um if that you know that that our that our community is represented um yeah, and and having a and perhaps having a bit of authority and a bit of um, a feeling that you're not just represented, but that your views are listened to and taken very seriously. And um, yeah, sometimes you, you don't feel like it is being taken seriously. Like you're just um, you're there. You're it's like the token token gay. Like we talk about a topic of the month, but are they actually going to take it seriously? So for me, representation is more than just a, a voice. It's actually that voice being taken very seriously and, and an action being taken on it. Yeah. What about you, Paul? What does that representation mean for you moving Gibraltar forward? Representation for me is quite basic. It's, as John said, it's been seen, it's been heard, and it's been respected. It's as simple as that. And I feel like representation locally, we are developing and we are being seen more we're starting to be heard a lot more than we ever have been. And the respect has come up a lot. I feel that representation also has a lot to do with, let's say, um, some of the higher position jobs, as John has said, where it's like, we're no longer discounted and pushed aside for those roles. We're now being seen as human. And what we offer is our skill set. Our sexual orientation and gender should not come into it. And I think that's one of the things that LGBTQ plus community, at least locally, is striving for. We are not just a label, as John has said as well. Um, I feel like I'm repeating a lot of things that John has said. Um, well, he's, where, he where said a, very, a lot of wise things. He is a very wise person. This is why I, I keep friends with him. <laughs> it's OG, worth having him around. The OG. <laughs> the OG. But it's true, representation is just mainly it's about being seen, heard, and respected. That's what it means to me. And we're finally getting there. We're a step closer every time. I can't wait to see all the photos and the videos from Pride. I can't be there physically, and I'm very sad about that. But I can't wait to see what you all have created because it's a celebration, like you said. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be good. <laughs> Definitely. It's going to be insane. We've got some really good acts. We've got some drag performers, singers, DJs, comedians. We've got dance as well, dancers coming on stage. And we've got maybe one famous uh, Rugal from the UK coming over as well. So it is definitely worth coming over. And if you can't be here this year, I guess you'll just have to make a note for next year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I saw John's face and I felt like he was going to give it away for a second, but you kept tight-lipped about the special surprise. 
I thought we were going to get an exclusive, John. Well, I, I, I think we are allowed to say now, aren't we? It's we because, are, we because for so long we were we were had to be tight lipped that we're, we we've got this drilled into us now. <laughs> so true. Uh, would you like to be make the honors, John? Please do. Um, well, if you if you are a follower of the of UK Drag Race, um, we're getting one of the past. I'm I'm going to say finalist. Am I wrong? She um, Cheryl Hole. That's huge. Amazing. Oh, yes. Huge, huge. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. And last year we had Scarlet Harlot, so it's. I mean, Scarlet Harlot was was amazing. Was, was really really good. But um, we're hoping that that Cheryl Hole can can um, can top that. I'm sure Cheryl's anyone can do it. <laughs> if anyone can top a hole. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we went there. <laughs> it's fine. So just remind people when the events are starting, what date and where they can find more information. John, would you like to have the honours? <laughs> so the event is um, on the 24th, Saturday, the 24th of June. Um, it starts at 10 o'clock. It goes on until 11 o'clock. There's also a uh, post Pride party. Uh, so yeah, in casemates in Gibraltar. And we are also going to be hopefully be live on local radio as well. And Paul, where can people find more information about the day and the events? So they can find more information on the events on the day and just generally events that go on within the LGBT community in Gibraltar. Uh, on our website, which is www.gibraltarlgbtq.com and our social media as well. If you just search up Gibraltar LGBTQ plus or the charity Through Colors, you'll find all our social media platforms. They're all linked on the website as well. And we do update constantly and we're still developing the website, but there's a lot of information on there with a lot of helpful resources that we're developing and just general fun stuff brilliant thank you so much both of you for your time and for giving us just a snapshot into gibraltar which some people around the world might not be aware of so thank you both thank you for the space thank, thank you. you thank you so much